Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. I want to give permission to all the listeners to do is to put out less content than you think you really need to. I know a lot of us will look at, okay, I'm going to start, let's say a podcast. What are best practices? How often do the experts say that I should be putting out a podcast? But for those of us that are solopreneurs, we are one person shows, right? One person teams, we have to do everything. And it's not realistic to expect ourselves to actually keep up with best practices. Mm -hmm. And what your audience is looking for isn't necessarily best practices, but instead two other really important key factors of your content, which is consistency and quality. And if you're putting out so much content that you either can't be consistent or you can't put out quality content, Mm -hmm. it's not really doing anything for your business. So it's better to back off and do less so that you can be consistent and put out that quality content. And that's going to actually do more for your business in the long run. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 262. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Now, if I sound a little different and if there's background noises that aren't normally the same, it's because I messed up a little bit. And you know me, authentic to the core, I will always tell you what's happening in my world and where I mess up because it's really important to know that because we are business owners, we make mistakes, no one is perfect. And when we look at these people online and think, oh my God, they're so amazing. No, no, they're not. Like it's a great show they're putting on, but everyone has failures, everyone makes mistakes. So I had a really busy couple of weeks. I had, well, first I was off because I had an operation which I'm all recovered from, all good now, which is great. 
Then I went straight into an in-person event that I held in Birmingham. Then from that event, I went straight into a week on of insider experience, which was phenomenal. So if you missed it this time, we're going to do it again in January. So make sure as soon as I have the dates, I will get that in your diaries. And then because I'd been off and had these various things, all my meetings and all my calls and everything got pushed into one week. And then I was going to Nashville the Monday this week. And I thought I was organised and then I sat at the airport on Monday morning and turned around to my husband and was like, OMG, I haven't recorded the podcast. Like, I'm normally so far ahead. The interviews are so far ahead. But I just, like, everything I'd done ran out and I hadn't recorded it. So I'm sat here in the lovely Mary Heights house where we stay when we come to Nashville. And she very kindly found me one of her microphones because luckily she's a podcaster too. And in fact, I'm going to link to Mary's podcast in the show notes. So she very kindly got me a mic and it's early in the morning. We're about to go out and get breakfast. And I thought I better get these episodes recorded. So what I'm going to do for the next three weeks, because we are so far ahead on the interviews and I feel like... I just feel really disjointed when I interview so far ahead and I'm about to do a whole nother batch again. I thought, do you know what, to help me and help the interviews, I'm just going to do the next three weeks as interviews. So the next three weeks are all interviews. They're all really good. You're going to get so much good stuff from it. But that's what we're doing because it's so much easier for me to do the intro and outro while I'm not at home. And then when I get back home, I'll get back to doing solos. And I might do a chunk of solos. But also, if you listen to the podcast regularly, last week I did say, how do you want me to mix it up? Do you want me to mix it up? Do you want me to change it? I did have a DM from someone saying they much prefer the solo episodes. So let me know. But for the next three weeks, we've got interviews. And if you do like the solo episodes, do listen. They're still going to be great. So today's interview is with Amanda Warfield, who talks all about content, long form, short form, how to be consistent, gives us her ideas on it. So I'm always happy to have a conversation about content because it is something that is always constant in our world. So obviously do take a listen to this one. She's got some good ideas and I think this is going to be really helpful, even if it just refocuses you back onto, okay, where am I going with my content? Because I know it's something that we look at all the time. Anyway, I'm going to hand you over to the lovely Amanda. Enjoy. Okay. I am really looking forward today to talking to Amanda Warfield. Amanda, how are you doing? I am great, Teresa. I am so excited. I know we have been trying to connect with this interview for a while, so I'm really, really (laughs) excited to be here with you today. It's been a it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? So yeah. <laughs> it just feels like, yeah, time just flies in one way. But also you do things and you think, oh, I'm not going to do that for ages. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, we're there already. So, yeah. And this was meant to happen at the end of last year. And anyway, we're here, which is the main thing. So, Amanda, we always start the podcast in exactly the same way by asking you to explain to my lovely listeners who you are and how you got to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. So hi, I am Amanda Warfield, as Teresa said. I am a simplicity-focused content marketing strategist. And honestly, it's kind of funny the way that I got into this because when I first started my business, I was very much focusing on simplified living, capsule wardrobes and things like that. And then the longer I was in business and the longer I was doing that, that evolved into time management for business owners, which then evolved into the content marketing strategy side of things, which pulls in the simplicity focus where I started and also the time management side of things, because my mission is to help women entrepreneurs in particular really fit their marketing into their business without it taking over their business. So a lot of what I focus on is, okay, 
this is content marketing strategy, but with the lens of simplicity and time management just piled on top. Love it. So when you say, you know, when you started off talking about simplicity, does that mean you're super organized? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Not to toot my own horn, but yeah. yes. No, I love that. I did once watch Marie Kondo and it lasted. Well, I looked at my drawers the other day and I have to pull them out every six months and redo them again because it, yeah, it doesn't quite continue that way. But I try really hard because it does, when things are simple and organized and tidy, it generally does make your life so much easier, doesn't it? It really does. And I am organized to the point where my husband, when he doesn't want me to throw something away, he will hide it in our attic where I won't find it so that I don't find it. And every time I go up there, there's something new. I'm just like, where did this come from? I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about the content side because one thing that I think a lot of my lovely listeners wouldn't necessarily think is simple and content because content is an absolute beast. So first off, let's start right at the beginning. What do you mean when you say the word content? So content to me, I look at as three main things. You've got long form content, which is podcasting, YouTube, blog posts. Then you've got email newsletters. They're just kind of a beast in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you've got social media, which is short form content. So content is anything that you're putting out that is free advertising and free marketing for your business. So, okay. So let's start with, if we think about the the long form content, that in itself is like a huge thing, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got a podcast, I've got a podcast, you know what this is like. It's, you know, it's a big, big thing. So how do you see simplifying some of those bigger process things? Well, the first thing that I want to give permission to all the listeners to do is to put out less content than you think you really need to. I know a lot of us will look at, okay, I'm going to start, let's say a podcast. What are best practices? How often do the experts say that I should be putting out a podcast? But for those of us that are solopreneurs, we are one person shows, right? One person teams, we have to do everything. And it's not realistic to expect ourselves to actually keep up with best practices. Mm -hmm. And what your audience is looking for isn't necessarily best practices, but instead two other really important key factors of your content, which is consistency and quality. And if you're putting out so much content that you either can't be consistent or you can't put out quality content, Mm -hmm. it's not really doing anything for your business. So it's better to back off and do less so that you can be consistent and put out that quality content. And that's going to actually do more for your business in the long run. And how do they know what quality content looks like? So, you know, we, if we are both in this world and we see lots of posts and lots of things and some stuff is amazing and some stuff not so much. So how do they know whether it's quality content that they're putting out? That's a really great question. And I want to start by saying that not everything you put out needs to be perfect. I don't want to let the perfectionist Mm -hmm. get in their own way with this. Not everything that you put out needs to be a hit. It is absolutely okay to experiment with your marketing, but your gut knows if what you're putting out is quality. If you're sitting down and you're just throwing something together to get something out, you know that that's not really quality, right? So there's a difference between perfect content and content that is viral and does amazing and content that is quality. They're they're not synonymous. So if you know that you're sitting down and you're putting in the time to actually create the content, then you can count that as quality. 
Mm. Okay, cool. So those two words together, consistent and quality, feel like they might fight against each other. But what when you say consistent, how consistent are we talking? Because this is the question I get asked all the time. Sorry, just to interrupt you. I get asked whenever I do any training, when I speak, when I do anything, people are like, how often should I post? And it's like, well, you know, how often is how long's a piece of string? Let's, you know, it depends, doesn't it? So yeah, what would you say you mean by consistent? So what I mean by consistent is that you're putting out on some sort of schedule, whether you say I'm going to post one podcast episode a month, I'm going to post every other week, I'm going to post weekly, I'm going to post twice a week, don't post twice a week, that's crazy, but (laughs) that's a lot of content that's really unnecessary and your audience isn't really going to be able to keep up with. But consistency just means that you are putting it out on a consistent basis, not a constant basis. So those two words right there are a huge difference. Some people think if I post the best practices, that means consistency, but you can put out one podcast episode a month as long as you are consistently putting out every single month, whether it's the first Tuesday of the month or the last Friday, whatever your posting schedule looks like, let your audience know what to expect and then stick to that schedule that you have created. But I think the real question that you're asking is more so how often should people post? And you should be creating content as much content as you can realistically create within one week. So what I suggest to all of my students and what I spend a lot of time teaching out is actually content batching, where you Mm -hmm. sit down and you create a month's worth of content at one time. Obviously, you batch all of your podcast Mm -hmm. episodes. If you cannot sit down and create all the content you're trying to create in one week, whether you work five hours a week or 60 hours a week, Mm -hmm. whatever your one week looks like, If you can't create all of the content in that time period, you're trying to create too much for your business. So a week would translate into a month's worth of content. Yes. And I'm just thinking about that. So for me, obviously I have a podcast. So each podcast, probably a good hour by the time I've started and finished and whatever, whatever. And then, but that doesn't include me editing or doing anything else. So that's kind of like four hours, maybe five hours straight off the bat. Then obviously all the social stuff, all the other content, we're now starting to do blogs because we've taken our favorite podcast episodes and we've put them into blogs. So I think, and I'd be interested to get your take on this in terms of I think what happens is people look at people like me, maybe, and you, and they go, oh, well, look what they're doing. We should be doing that too. But it's not like that. That's It's not as easy as that, is it? No, yes, 100%. For those that are listening, you can't see me, but I'm just like vigorously shaking my head. <laughs> this right here, we look to those people that we see as success in our industry, and we think we've got to do what they do. But your business is not their business. And I know we hear that all the time, but... You have X amount of time and you are in one specific place in your business. And business is a long road. It is a long journey. You have to start somewhere. When you get to a place of being able to hire team members or outsource, then you can add on more content. But for now, you have to do what you're actually capable of doing because if you are trying to create content all month long, every single week, every single day, you're not going to get anything else done. You're not going to actually be able to move that needle into your business to get clients, to serve clients, to grow digital offers, anything like that. You won't have the time if all you're doing is marketing yourself. Your marketing has to fit into your business. So yes, if you can outsource at some point, great, phenomenal. I just started outsourcing my podcast editing within the last year and that's been great. And I've been able to create more content because of it. 
but it took me growing to a place of being able to afford to outsource. And I know Teresa, you have team members, Mm -hmm. so you can do a podcast and blogs and this and that, but everyone has to start somewhere. So don't be afraid to start small. And then if you have time, add on later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, like you said, when I was just thinking about the week, actually, I had to edit the podcast, do the show notes for the podcast, do the social media for the podcast. You're probably talking realistically more like four hours per podcast because it just, you know, it all takes time, doesn't it? So how do you know which content is best for you? As far as the type of content to be putting on? Yeah, yeah. So because like, I think one of the problems we have as well as business owners is there's so much content. There are so many cool things. And then you hear everyone saying that they did this one thing and it really works. And that could be a YouTube channel. That could be a podcast. That could be reels. That could be going live. That could be TikTok. Like, and it's, and then I think what happens is people are like, oh, I need to jump on that and do that. Oh, I need to jump on that and do that. Cause that's the golden ticket. That's the magic formula, which as we know, it's not, it was for them, but not necessarily for you. So how do you, in that sea of constant stuff, how do you then go, actually, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. So first, again, we're looking at simplifying the content creation process, right? So permission slip to not show up everywhere. You don't have to be in all the places and the less places you're in, the more time you'll have to put out quality, consistent content. So what I always suggest to students is first, where is your audience? If you're selling to Gen Z, you probably need to be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it just is what it is. Where's your audience though? Where are they? Show up there. And then the second thing is, where do you want to be? Marketing should be fun. It should not be this dreaded hamster wheel that we are on that we can't get off and we have no interest and no creativity with. Marketing should be fun. And when it becomes fun, it becomes a lot easier. So where do you want to be? What is your personality? For me, I hate being on camera. I don't love, I don't know what it is. I don't mind speaking on stages. That's no problem. But <laughs> sitting down to record a live tra- or a live training, a virtual training, yeah. and then having to edit it, I can't stand mm. it. So YouTube nice. is not for me. But maybe that is for you. Maybe you come alive and your your personality really shines through on video. Maybe YouTube's for you. Maybe you love to write. Maybe blogging's for you. Maybe you like Teresa and I, and you mm-hmm. prefer to maybe be a little more introverted and record <laughs> in your podcasting closet yeah. by yourself. Look at what your personality says and what it is that you naturally are pulled towards. There's no one best way to do marketing. And you'll find that once you are consistent and you do have that mental space to work on your marketing, you have more capability to maybe jump on some of those hot trends. Mm. But that's not what you should start with. Your focus initially as you are getting started with your marketing and you're getting consistent is literally just showing up consistently where you can and then add in the other stuff later. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And so much you said there is exactly what I teach in terms of you pick the platform that you like and where your customers are. And hopefully that's the same platform. And in most cases it will be because lots of people are everywhere. Like you said, unless you really are trying to hit the TikTok trend type thing. So I love that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was, and I'd be interested to hear your strategy when it comes to batching. And I suppose more from a social media point of view, but one of the things I find that I dislike with batching is that I feel out of touch sometimes. So like, 
I'll get people messaging me going, love this week's episode of the podcast. And I'm like, I literally have no idea what episode it is because obviously I'm batching ahead and then they go out and then I'm just like, that one's gone out. Great. Cause the team deal with it at that point. And again, the same with now we batch our content a week in advance. So all my emails, all my social normally, and then it all gets scheduled on the Friday ready for the following week when we're being organized. Ideally it's two weeks in advance, but with the month thing, my only concern is how do you make sure you're, you're being flexible and moving and responding to what's going on in the world. And obviously we've had, you know, as we're recording this, Ukraine are, are still at war and they, you know, there was a lot of conversation about what people should and shouldn't post when that happened, which a lot of it was quite diversive and a lot I didn't necessarily agree with, but how do you, and I'm not necessarily using that as an example, but how do you then make sure you flex and move and, and tweak as need be? No, absolutely. I think that's a great question. And I think there are kind of two questions there that I want to answer. So first, the losing touch thing, that definitely happens. What I make sure I'm doing is that I am repurposing my long form content into my email newsletter and into my social media. So when my new podcast episode goes live each week, I have an Instagram post scheduled to go out the next day. So I know what's happening based on what is happening on my Instagram feed because I happen to just be plugged in there more. So that keeps me up to date on, oh yeah, this is the episode that went out this week. And then I can talk mm-hmm. about it on my stories and things like that. But every day when I go on Instagram, I'm always like, oh, I don't know what I'm posting today. I have no yeah. idea. And that's just normal, but then it gets posted and then you can talk about it. The second thing that I want to talk about was the flexibility. Here's the thing. When you schedule out content, you can always unschedule it. I like to look at it as like a safety net, right? It's Mm -hmm. there and it's going out so that your business is marketing itself without you having to worry about it so that you have three weeks each month to not focus on marketing, to move the needle in your business. But when things happen... You can absolutely go in and say, "Mm, we're just going to pause everything for right now. That content is already created so that when you unpause, you don't have to create new stuff. You can just reschedule it. But also you have the ability to go, okay, I'm going to use my best judgment here. If I need to unschedule something, I can. If I need to move some things around, I can. But nine times out of 10, you're not going to need to do that. So that's one of those worries. It's like, well... Yes, it's a legitimate worry, Mm -hmm. but it's a simple fix when that happens. And it's most likely not going to happen all that often. And then the other thing is if something arises that you want to talk about that you don't have planned for, just write a new post. There's nothing wrong with adding more content into what you already have scheduled. You can have bonus content all the time. What you're trying to do with bashing out your content and scheduling it is staying consistent And adding new content doesn't make you less consistent. But if you're not scheduling it out and you get stuck on that hamster wheel, then you're more likely to fall off and become inconsistent. Yeah, totally. So do you use the word hamster wheel, which is such a good description for content because God, does it feel like it. And I was going to ask actually about how, how it feels for you batching once a month. Because for me even though I batch, so I batch record interviews, that's what I do. And then I do the more solo bits on the fly. So I will do solo episodes, sort of, I might do a couple at a time, but my intros and outro, I do at the time because often I don't, you know, I I need to say something on that podcast that's happening that following week and I can't do it if it's weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. Um, 
And the same with social, like I said, we, you know, we try and batch out a week or two in advance, but it always feels like we're always doing it. Like, how is it that we don't need, we're doing it for too short a time, we need to do it for longer, that makes me feel that we won't be like that? I think so. For me, I when it comes time to batch, sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I just did this. But most yeah. of the time I feel inspired and creative because it's been so long since I've sat down to create anything then I'm excited to sit down and actually create that content. Something that I do for, you know, having to add in announcements on the podcast or things like that is mm-hmm. I just record its own separate thing. And then that can get inserted really easily outside of yeah. So I'll like record my intro and then I'll also record a separate piece. So there's more pieces to put together for my editor, yeah. but it makes it easier to kind of have that flexibility of, oh, I need to add this in or talk about mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah. And interestingly enough, one of the problems I have is when I come to record the intro and outro. So from the time we record this to the time it going live, I think we're probably talking a couple of months and and I'll have to virtually watch it back through again to remind myself the key points he talked about so that when I do the intro and outro, I can say, we're going to talk about this or this is really cool because we mentioned this. or And it's like, so then I'm wasting my time again. Whereas like you said, if you just did that little thing or I guess with a blog post, if you had them all, all almost ready to roll and then you just had to insert a bit before you post it live, then great. What about your social? Tell me how you go about actually batching that. So when I sit down for batch week, I start off day one by creating my plan for the entire month, really two months because I record my podcast episodes two months in advance so that my editor can have them back by my next batch week. But create the plan for the month. Then I, on the next day, do all the recording. On the next day, I don't edit because my editor does that at this point. On the next day, I am focused on repurposing. So I'm taking all of the podcast episodes and I'm saying, okay, how do I turn this into my emails? How do I turn this into my social media? And I do all of the repurposing. And then on the final day, I am just finishing up and scheduling. That's only four days. You can add an extra day. You can do less days, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I take for my social media, I take what I've already talked about in the podcast Mm. and use that. And then I just add in typically a couple more posts, but you don't need as many feed posts as you think you do. Yeah. So if you're repurposing content that you're already creating, you're going to have most of that content planned out pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the truth. We, so we just did something recently where we, I bought a repurposing course for my team and we looked at the podcast and we looked at all the different ways we promote it. And now we do something obscene like Oh, I don't know, probably nine or 10 posts in a week about the podcast. Now, obviously I'm over all the social media platforms, although my favorite's Insta. Like, so, you know, it'll be on LinkedIn, a, a audiogram thing one day, then it might be a still image, then it might be a checklist, then it might be something else. And it's like, but we've realized that, and this is where it gets so easy. Like this stuff makes me so happy. It's so sad. So I literally designed the different looks and feels of the podcast. And then I have the amazing Sophia who goes through every time there's a new podcast and she recreates all of the graphics for social. She gets all of the copy from reading the show notes. So all of that is so easily done for her to churn out and then post out. But it was it's just crazy because when you think about it, I'm on episode 200 and something as we speak. Like that is a lot of content, isn't it? Huge amounts of content. And I don't think, I don't know about you, but I don't think ever thinking of something to post is ever the problem. Yeah. At at this point, 
it's not for me because I just hit a hundred episodes, but I know that that is really common for some other people, especially as they're starting out. They just, they don't know where to even begin with deciding what to talk about. And a lot of people don't want to, they feel like if they keep talking about the same thing over and over again, that they're going to bore their audience. Yeah. But if you believe that you want to be a broken record, because the only way to become an expert in your area of expertise is to talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again, because you want people to automatically, when they think of you, think of what it is mm-hmm. that you're an expert in. And if you don't talk about it a hundred times, a million times, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think you're right. People get very scared about repeated content. And actually I never would because one, the people who do see lots of your content are your super fans are the people who love seeing your content. And therefore they're not going to mind if they happen to see, you know, a post two or three times everyone else you're lucky if they're going to see it once quite honestly aren't you yep absolutely so what about when you're batching do you create different images for different sizes do you do different copy for different places how do you do all that so I do very similar to what you do I have templates that I have created for all the places that I need graphics and then I just go and pop in whatever the featured image for that episode is and retype the title and that's kind of it and I just pump it out like that. It takes maybe 30 minutes to do all the graphics for an entire month because I've got those templates. And the same thing with the copy. I take usually the transcription of the introduction to a podcast episode. And I use that to just literally copy and paste and pop that into captions to Mm -hmm. pop that into my email. And then you tweak it a little bit, but that's the basis is literally just a copy and paste of what I said in the introduction of a podcast episode. Yeah. And how often do you email your list? I do it once a week with the newsletter. And you talk about the podcast. Is it the only thing you talk about in your newsletter? Usually for me, yes. Every now and then there'll be an event that I'm a part of and I'll send out a special Mm -hmm. email for that. But for my typical Tuesday newsletter, I am sharing about the podcast episode. I use the email list to send people to the podcast because the podcast is where they're going to best build that no like, and trust factor with me because they're Mm -hmm. listening to my voice. And it just kind of, and then I send people from the podcast to things that'll get them onto my email list. So it's kind of just like a chicken and egg type cycle. Yeah. 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 See, I always got very nervous about just posting what my podcast is about. And, and I still don't do it that well, to be honest. I do sometimes talk about it, but the thing is, I often look at the size of my email list and think if they all downloaded my podcast today, that'd be flipping amazing. So really that's where we've got to get off the fear of talking about it. Well, and if you think about it, your best content is going to be your long form content because it's going to be the most explain. You can say so much more in a podcast episode than you can in an email. Mm -hmm. So for me, it just doesn't make sense to not just say, Hey, this is where the best content that I'm putting out is. You should go listen to it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So if someone's sat there thinking, okay, I'm going to start thinking about content batching and doing it once a month, what are your top tips for them? First, set aside a week each month. And I know sometimes we have client work and that's always a big fear that people have. If you can set aside two hours a day, for one week and then worry about client work for the rest of that day. Maybe that means you're doing a little less client work that week, Mm -hmm. but you're still able to get most of it done. However much time you can set aside, try to set aside an entire week every single month and put it on your calendar for the rest of your year. 
that is the biggest obstacle that I see my students face. They go through Clip Content Batching and they learn all the things and they know how to batch their content and they've got a great system. And then they stop batching because they forgot to put it on their calendar. And because they forgot to put it on their calendar, batch week came around and they realized that their kids have appointments and that they have interviews and that their time is already gone. Mm -hmm. They don't have time to batch. So the best thing that you can do for yourself is set aside that time right from the beginning and mark off one week each month for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right with things like I found, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, that when when you're doing certain tasks, your brain likes to work a certain way. So therefore batching is so much more useful because your brain's doing the same thing and it gets into it. So today is podcast recording day, obviously, because we're recording a podcast. But my first, my fear initially was, well, if I only give them like a handful of days to choose from, people aren't going to book on. But I think if someone really does want to, they will. And often by giving them the choice, they're going to pick whatever day they want. Whereas by not giving them the choice, I did something, someone wanted to book me on their podcast this week. And I looked and I had to go three months in advance to find a day that suited me because the two days that they chose each month weren't for me, which is fine. I got on. But I think if you'll give people the choice, they will take the choice. Whereas actually people don't mind being given a very small choice and having to do it, do they? No, and it's it's easier mentally because there's less you have to think about. If someone says, here's my availability, you just say, okay, which one's best for me? Mm-hmm. Versus trying to go back and forth and saying, well, what works for you? What yeah, works yeah. for me? That's It's too open-ended. So it it adds more to the mental load. Whereas if you're just like, here are the couple of dates I have, yeah. you just say, okay, this is what works. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that I always feel a little bit bad, especially having a podcast, is that someone's been on, recorded a thing, and then it's like, okay, well, I'll get in touch in three months' time when we put it out there. But, you know, it is what it is in terms of like having to manage it for me, because obviously it's such a big part of my world that that's the only way I can do it really in terms of the content. But I'm definitely going to try and look at my diary, because that's the other thing. I try and batch when I have meetings or when I do things for my members or, you know, it's not always easy, but I do try and have certain things on the same day. But I think I'm going to look and go, okay, where can I batch out some days to do it? Because I'm not great at the content side from a email and from a social media post side. So I think that's definitely something I can do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on. I'm obviously going to hook up to everything in the show notes, but where do you hang out most? Where do you want people to come and find you? Well, I have my own podcast, Chasing Simple. Come check that out. Like I said, that's probably my best high quality content, but also I am very active on Instagram. So come say hi, send me a DM. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. I love it. And I have actually looked at your Instagram before this and it is lovely. It's really, your content's really nice, which is always the thing, isn't it? When you go on talking about something and then you're like, is my stuff okay? But I always say to people, do as I say, not as I do. Like, you know, sometimes I'm not always as perfect as I'd like to be. So, but Amanda, this has been so, so good. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Obviously, we will link up to everything from Amanda in the show notes and do go and check her out. Okay, I'll be back next week with another interview. I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful. 